Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm Series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 24. A Pure Heart Attacked. Seriously? Katie could not believe what she was seeing. Every pure heart was in attendance. Not a single one was in bed with a huge migraine incapacitating them. I don't understand. None of you have a headache? The pure hearts grinned at her. What did you do differently? She asked. She was still having a hard time believing they were standing in front of her pain-free. I had a headache in the morning during our class, Justin said, speaking for all of them. But when I started working out in the fighting class, it just went away. Katie ran her fingers through her hair in agitation. Are you telling me each and every time I worked out on my mind control, I just needed to work out and not go to bed? She shook her head, thinking of the many days she had spent in bed with a raging migraine. That just sucks. She could hear chuckles throughout the room. Shrugging her shoulders, she shook her head in consternation. Let's get to work. Hey, I'm doing it, Cluxy said with a big grin on his face. Watch out, Zach. I'm catching up. Katie smiled at the very small volcano Cluxy had produced. She knew Cluxy was never going to catch up to Zach. It was like her trying to catch up to Lizzie's talent. Every time she came close, she looked up to find Lizzie had moved on to bigger and better things. Katie, we have a problem. Katie blinked. What's wrong, Candy? One of your seekers attacked one of our pure hearts. Are you sure? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Candy's agitation was evident. Katie immediately reached out with her thoughts. Jackson, you need to listen to this. She felt his presence in her mind immediately. Can you tell me what happened? Candy sighed. One of the pure hearts was making a patrol around your plantation house and was attacked by one of your seekers. When was the attack? Jackson demanded. Candy paused for a moment. About 45 minutes ago. Katie shook her head, looking up when Jackson entered the room. I've been here for almost two hours. The Seekers left the plantation home with me. They were in the car when the sheriff picked me up. Did they look like they'd been in a scuffle? I asked them how their night was, and they said nothing happened. All was calm. Don't you think if they had some kind of scuffle, they would immediately try to explain themselves? She rubbed her forehead in agitation. Besides, the timeline doesn't fit. Candy, are you sure it was 45 minutes ago? Yes, I had seen her just before David ordered her to make the patrol. Can you take us to the spot where the attack occurred? We'll meet you there. Katie turned to face the pure hearts as they looked curiously at her and Jackson. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go. Just keep practicing and I'll be back as soon as I can. Zach and Cluxy immediately stepped forward to follow her out the door. You don't have to come with me. Zach got that determined look in his eye. I promised your mom I would not let you out of my sight. 
She groaned out loud and wanted to beat the air like a three-year-old having a temper tantrum. Arguing with Zack about leaving her alone was simply hopeless. She turned and tried to ignore the two large guys who automatically flanked her. Looking towards Jackson, he had a large grin on his face. What's so funny? His grin grew larger. Here I'm worried about a target on your back, and you have two bodyguards the size of Mount Everest following you around. That's what we are, Zack said in a cocky attitude. Two of the biggest, baddest boys around, protecting our Katie. Cluxy punched Zack in the shoulder. Just try and mess with Katie, and the two brothers will wipe you out. Zack stopped dead in his tracks, staring at Cluxy his eyes getting that wild look Katie remembered from the first day she met him. Let's get one thing straight, Cluxy. You and me are not brothers. Cluxy never even broke his stride. Damn straight we're not brothers. Where'd you get such a stupid idea like that? Don't you mess with me. Zack's eyes bulging out of his sockets. Everyone knows it was you who just said we're brothers. Katie turned towards Jackson's Hummer. Maybe she could get into the car and pull away before the two arguing self-appointed bodyguards noticed she was gone. Climbing into the passenger seat, she quickly directed Jackson to pull out of the parking lot. Before he could put the SUV in gear, Clux and Zack jumped into the back seat. Thought you'd get away, didn't you? Zack said with a huge grin on his face. You're not getting rid of us that easily. You said it, brother. Cluxy said, his grin matching Zack's. What did I tell you about calling me your brother? Katie closed her eyes and tried to shut her mind to the continuous bickering going on in the back seat. Jackson pulled into the plantation drive, going around workmen's trucks. He pulled all the way through the circular drive and parked at the end. As they passed the house, Katie looked towards the majestic home. The feelings the place invoked struck her, as it always had. A sense of sadness enveloped her. It's a shame such a wonderful place would go to ruin. Katie frowned, looking back towards her home. Wait, something's not right. Jackson paused before turning off the vehicle. The bickering in the back ceased, all eyes resting on her. Katie turned all the way around her knees resting on the seat, both hands grabbing the headrest, concentrating on the plantation home. I know my mom started cleaning up those vines around the front porch. Everyone looked towards the house. I know all the windows have been replaced, Zack said. I remember when they were missing and we were eaten alive by mosquitoes. Look, Katie pointed out. Look how the right side of the house kind of sags because of all the rotten wood. All that wood has been replaced, but the house still sags. I don't get it, Lexi said. Katie gave Jackson a significant look. We are seeing a projection. Zack and Cluxy turned around, their eyes big as saucers. Zack immediately had his wild eye look. Katie reached out with her mind and blocked Lizzie's projection. Immediately, the plantation house looked like it did that morning when they left it. She switched back. Yep, it's the small details that would give a projection away. Jackson nodded. I see the difference. He turned back around. Why would Lizzie want to make a projection here? 
Why are we here? Katie asked softly. Are we under false pretenses? Are we going to be attacked? Tonight's the full moon, Zack said. Candy was the one who contacted us, Jackson said. I will never believe she would double-cross us. You're right, Katie said automatically. Unless we are all gathered here under false pretenses. Jackson nodded. We need to be very careful here. We don't want to give it away unless absolutely necessary that we can block Lizzie's projection. They slowly got out of the SUV. Walking around the vehicle, Katie reached out with her thoughts. Candy, we're here. Okay, we'll be there in just a minute. Candy immediately replied. Katie leaned up against the vehicle, cautiously looking around. She kept blocking and unblocking Lizzie's projection. Nothing seemed to be happening. I would love to know where she's hiding, Jackson said softly. It would give us clues about just how far away she can project now. Do you think she's still working on stretching the projection? Katie asked cautiously. Jackson gave her a derisive snort. Oh, oh yeah. Katie looked up when she saw David's Jeep pull into the drive. Later, we could probably track her scent and know exactly where she's hiding. If we survive, Zack said, his voice on edge. We'll survive, Katie said automatically. We have the biggest, baddest boys on campus on our side. Zack chuckled, giving her a wink. You got that right. In unison, they all walked cautiously towards David's Jeep. Candy jumped out and pulled back her seat, allowing a girl to come out Katie had never seen before. David quickly walked around the Jeep, his agitation evident. He nodded to Jackson, but directed his words towards Katie. This is Sandy, pointing towards the new girl. She was the one attacked. Katie turned to Sandy, giving her a friendly smile. Hello, Sandy. It's nice to meet you. This is Jackson, Zach, and Cluxy. The girl folded her arms, eyeing Katie with distrust. I know who you are. Katie raised her eyebrows and cautiously glanced towards Candy, who gave her an apologetic smile. Can you show us where you were attacked? Jackson instructed. It was over there. She pointed to a line of trees. Katie automatically began walking in that direction. Jackson, Zach, and Cluxy immediately followed. She paused when she noticed the others not following. Are you coming? I'd rather not. It was really scary. David rested his arm on Sandy's shoulder. I promised her I wouldn't leave her alone. You don't look like you got hurt very badly. Katie couldn't help adding. Tears immediately welled up in Sandy's eyes. Attacked by those monsters! She folded her arms. I knew she wouldn't believe me. David immediately folded Sandy in his arms, giving Katie a hard stare. That's some um, pretty good acting, Jackson said with his thoughts. Katie quickly glanced towards him. You think she's acting? Jackson gave her a tight smile. Oh, yeah. My little sister can produce tears on demand. She got me into trouble on numerous occasions. Look, Katie said, exasperated. We are trying to get to the bottom of this. So you need to suck it up, cowboy up, or just plain get over it. We need to know the exact place where you were attacked so we can figure out who did it. I was attacked! Sandy welled even louder than before. I can't go over there! Katie looked up, trying to remain calm. Looking back towards the crying girl, 
If you don't stop crying, I'm going to attack you. The crying increased to a higher and more dramatic level. David held Sandy tightly, turning her around so she didn't have to look at Katie. I can't believe how insensitive you are. Katie put her hands on her waist. Insensitive? She pointed towards Sandy. She doesn't have a single scratch on her and she's boo-hooing all over the place. When did you turn into such a bully? David said in a voice filled with indignation, sounding a lot like Sam. Katie stared at David, her eyes narrowing. How far into the woods was the attack? Can the little crybaby at least tell us that? David pointed towards the trees. I believe Forrest is already there and can direct you. Katie looked towards Candy. Are you coming? Candy immediately started following. They walked towards the tree line, entering the woods. A small bobcat stood waiting. Katie eyed Forrest with distaste, but didn't say anything to him. She reached into her mind and made the switch, so she could hear what he was saying. The bobcat stopped. They attacked here. Sandy was coming in from the direction of the plantation home, and the seeker came from the south, attacking her. Katie looked at the ground. Some of the grass was laid down, but that didn't mean an attack actually took place. Jackson immediately transformed into a panther. Nose to the ground, he did the familiar trotting back and forth Katie had seen before. Katie, change forms, he commanded. Katie looked around until she could see a thicket of trees. Heading in that direction, she took off her clothes so she wouldn't ruin them. Transforming into a wolf, she came out and put her nose to the ground and started smelling. She recognized the seeker's scent immediately. It was one of the first ones to attack David's house and later join the team. She sat down on her haunches in defeat. Katie, block Lizzie's projection and then smell the ground. She did what she was told. The seeker's smell was no longer there. Does Candy know how to block Lizzie's projections? Yes, Jackson quickly replied. Candy, change into cat form. Candy immediately followed her example. It didn't take long and a snow leopard appeared. She went through the same motions as Katie did, following Jackson's commands. All three stopped and sat on the ground. There was no attack. Candy's thoughts were cautious. I followed the seeker's scent till it disappears about a hundred yards in that direction. Forrest's thoughts were smug. Katie didn't even glance in his direction. Lizzie wants a division between the seekers and the pure hearts, she told Jackson and Candy privately. It wouldn't be too hard, Candy pointed out. Since the attack, most of the pure hearts left are having pretty hard feelings towards the seekers. My guess is a thousand yards. Jackson's thoughts interrupted Katie's reverie. Katie looked in his direction. What are you talking about? Lizzie's projections, Jackson pointed out. To be able to cover the plantation house, David's jeep, and a hundred yards in that direction? My guess is Lizzie can now project a thousand yards. I thought Forrest couldn't see Lizzie's projections, Candy's thought said. Obviously, she broke through that barrier, Katie pointed out. And that is probably going to be pointed out when we say there was no attack. David can't see Lizzie's projections, Candy clarified. Katie snorted. Isn't it convenient he promised not to leave Sandy's side, and she is too traumatized to come down here? He has to come and witness this himself, Jackson pointed out. Otherwise, he will not believe it. Out of the two of you, who has the most influence on him? 
Katie shook her head. Right now? He thinks I'm a big bad bully. He will not listen to me at all. I'll go talk to him. Candy's thoughts were resigned. Make sure the crybaby is out of his arms and not in listening range. Katie couldn't help adding. Katie, Candy has told me what the three of you have come up with. Tell you the truth, I'm having a hard time believing it. Katie rolled her eyes. Of course you don't, she said to herself. David, this is really important. Can you please come down here and see for yourself? I promised Sandy I would not leave her alone. Katie's patience was at an all-time low. She made herself take a deep breath before continuing. David, we are talking about lives on the line here. I made a promise, Katie. David, her thoughts were louder than she intended. I suggest you get your ass down here and use your God-given gift to see for yourself exactly what happened. Candy can stay with the crybaby. I'm on my way. Katie could hear Jackson's soft chuckle in her mind. A loud wail drifted above the breeze from the crybaby. Katie shook her head, glad she wasn't standing next to it. A white tiger emerged from the woods a few minutes later. Katie and Jackson walked around and stood next to Zack and Cluxy. They watched patiently, not saying a word, as David carefully smelled the ground. Forrest was explaining in which direction Sandy came from, the Seeker's attack, and which direction it left. David went back and forth, smelling the ground. He stayed much longer than necessary, repeating the process. Eventually, he looked towards Katie. Giving her a nod, he returned to the thicket. He emerged with his clothes on. Forrest, can you go up and relieve Candy from her post? David asked the bobcat. The bobcat snarled. I'm not a babysitter. You will not talk to the white tiger like that, she said her thoughts aloud. Or you will answer to me, coward. The bobcat glanced towards her, turned, and left. David sighed. Katie, can you turn back into human form? I would like to have this conversation as private as possible. Katie blinked. You don't know how to communicate with your thoughts in private? No, I never learned, David said in an offhand manner. Katie immediately entered the thicket. After putting on her clothes, she returned. David looked back and waited patiently for Candy to rejoin them. There was obviously no attack. No, there wasn't, Katie agreed. David rested his hands on his hips. Why would she lie? Lizzie wants a division between the pure hearts and seekers, Katie immediately answered. There is no evidence Lizzie is a part of this. Where does Sandy live? Katie asked David. He eyed her quietly, not saying anything. Katie decided to press the issue. What home does Sandy sleep in, David? The Hawk household, Candy answered instead of David. Katie widened her eyes. Why am I not surprised? I don't want to argue with you. I just need more evidence than this to convict a trusted family friend I have known for 17 years, David inserted defensively. Okay, David, let's get your evidence. Katie turned towards David's Jeep. I know where we can get some answers. She almost ran towards Sandy, the others following close behind. Reaching the Jeep, she grabbed Sandy. We know there was no attack, crybaby. Who told you to fake an attack? Sandy tried to pull away from Katie. I don't know what you're talking about. Katie started shaking the girl. Who told you to lie about the attack? 
Sandy, going into hysterics, started screaming. Katie wouldn't let her go. Who told you to lie? David reached over and grabbed Katie, pulling her away from Sandy. Stop, you're hurting her. I'm going to do a lot more than that unless she tells the truth. Katie shot back. She tried to reach around David to grab Sandy. You are not going to question her this way, David commanded. Katie gave David a defensive move she had learned in class. Knocking him to the ground, she changed into wolf form, knocking Sandy down. Who told you to lie about the attack? She yelled with her thoughts. A white tiger knocked her to the ground. Katie immediately moved into a defensive move that had him flying off her. She turned around and laid a paw on the screaming girl. Who told you to lie about the attack? Katie, stand down! David's thoughts were louder than hers. His authority could not be denied. Katie paused. Pulling back, she sat down on her haunches. David stood, carefully watching Katie. Get her in the jeep, he commanded Candy. Candy reached down gently, pulling the hysterical Sandy on her feet. She opened the jeep door and helped her in. She grabbed a small backpack, throwing it towards David. It landed in front of him. David grabbed the bag. You will not move until I get back, he commanded Katie. Katie did what she was told. David returned from a thicket of trees in human form. He jerkily threw the backpack in the jeep and turned to Katie. I will question her alone, he said, his voice still ringing with authority. Jackson stepped forward. Katie went to follow, and he pushed her away. No, Katie, you've done enough damage. Stunned, Katie watched him step into David's side of the jeep. She reached out with her mind into Jackson's. We have seekers watching this place every night, Jackson told David in a tight voice. Until this thing blows over, I think it's best that all pure hearts under your command do not go into this area. David nodded. Putting the vehicle into gear, he pulled away. Katie transformed into a human, watching Jackson carefully. Why are you angry with me? Jackson walked past her, giving her an angry stare. What? He turned back around. I told everyone on my team. No one, under any condition, should engage a pure heart. Were you not in the room when I said that? Surprised. You were talking to the Seekers. I was talking to everyone in the room. Katie stood there stunned. Jackson had never raised his voice to her. Ever. I was trying to get to the truth. Jackson pointed towards the plantation home. No, Katie. You ran half-cocked and changed into wolf form in front of your house filled with workers. For the first time, Katie looked at all the vehicles parked in the driveway. We only need one person looking out the window to have blown our secret. He was listening to us. He brushed his fingers through his hair in agitation. David was listening to us until you decided to go all Guantanamo Bay. I'm sorry, Jackson sighed. We need discipline in the ranks, Katie, and that means you. If you don't follow the rules then the other pure hearts will think they don't have to either. Then we'll have seekers wondering why pure hearts get to operate under different rules. He turned and headed for his vehicle. Katie, I need a moment of your time. Katie turned to the sound of Reginald's voice. I'll be there in a minute. Jackson jerked the SUV door open. Case in point, he pointed to the butler. 
I'm sorry, she said privately to him in her thoughts. Jackson slammed the car door shut. I'll send your car over. Pulling away, he left, beating down the narrow lane. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.